It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hi there. Welcome to The Tint. I'm your host, Scott Feldman, and it's time for another foray into the world of aquariums from our slightly different perspective. You know, our botanical-style aquariums incorporate rather complex, often intricate, hardscape elements, and fishes seem very comfortable living within these dynamic ecosystems, sometimes perhaps too comfortable. You know, it's one of the most human things that happens to us in life, and likely one of the most annoying. Ever just lose something? I mean, not misplacing your car keys, your cell phone, or something like that. We're talking about full-on losing a bill. You know, check the shredder or whatever, or that wad of cash that you thought was in the front left pocket of those jeans you wore last week. I mean, it was there a moment ago, and then just gone the next, like Bermuda Triangle kind of vanishing. How does this happen? Okay, and how are you going to connect this to aquariums, Scott? Okay, it's Friday, I'm a bit tired, and I freely admit this is a purely bizarre sort of rant, and maybe it's an even morbid topic, but something that always leaves me puzzled. Yeah, I'm missing a Corydoras pygmaeus in my office tank. It's something I've experienced, oh, maybe like five million times in my long hobby career, and it just sort of makes me wonder. Ever noticed how fishes sometimes sort of vanish? I mean, they hang on for a while, even appear to thrive, and then, like a gentle breeze in the night, they disappear, never to be seen or heard from again. I mean, just gone. Like, where do they go? What happened? How do they disappear? Now, sure, fishes don't simply vanish into thin air. However, they do sometimes just stop coming out after a while. Often there might be some signs that something's amiss, you know, skulking about in the dim corners of the aquarium, not interacting with the other fishes, passing on food, hanging near the filter intakes, obvious signs. Perhaps, if you're superstitious, these could be even seen as omens that something's about to happen. Or maybe not. Sometimes a fish will simply be there one day and then freaking gone the next. After months or weeks, and no trace, no body, no body parts, nada. It's weird, right? Now... I'm sure that should a fish die, particularly in one of our biologically dynamic botanical-style aquariums, it's acted upon by bacteria, fungi, and any scavengers like snails and shrimps, which may happen to be in the tank. And of course, and perhaps more disturbing, uh, the other resident fishes. You know, you were a good guy to school with, Sparky, but we're freaking hungry and you taste pretty good. Well, maybe that's what they say, I don't know. (laughs) And maybe you might find some evidence, bones or something. But man, it's the here-today-gone-tomorrow thing that's kind of weird to me. Like, what causes this? Is there any way of knowing what is going on? I mean, without overt signs of disease or injury or being bullied by the other fishes in the tank, what do we have to go on? Usually not much, right? I mean, it can happen with a fish that seems perfectly healthy and happy right up until the time it checks out. Smaller shoaling fishes like tetra and rasbora or even dwarf corridoras catfishes are absolutely notorious for this sort of thing. One day you have a shoal of 20 specimens, a week later 18, three weeks later 14, then 12, then, well, you know... What gives? Why does this happen? Is it nature's form of programmed population control? A way of assuring that only the proper amount of fishes based on resources and space survive in a given area? Or that only the ones suitable for reproduction make it? You know, I've heard of chemical reactions or interactions between various schooling fishes like kerosens, which alert others in the school to react if a member is injured or in distress to sort of a chemical emergency alert system. 
I can't help but wonder, does the same phenomenon program a fish to croak? To swim under a rock and just check out, maybe? That would make a lot of sense in a bizarre sort of way in terms of the emergency alert idea. However, it doesn't do anything to explain the outright disappearances, the vanishings. And we've all likely experienced jumpers, or as more often eloquently expressed, carpet surfers, fishes which get spooked at night and jump out. Usually they're fishes like Resbora, Danio, or other easily startled, you know, shoaling fishes, right? Sometimes you do find a body, often only because you feel a crunch under your feet when you walk into the room where the tank is. I know that's upsetting. I've done that a few times, even barefoot, and you don't soon forget that. <laughs> or perhaps much later when you're working or cleaning behind the uh, the tank and the mummified corpses of the jumpers are found. We used to call them reef jerky back in the, the reef days, and I guess that as an apt uh, moniker. Okay, well, you have a body at least. It's a chance for some closure, right? However... Why do some fishes simply vanish without a trace? Well, the reasons, or at least, you know, theories behind this are many. And in my humble opinion, the most common reasons are the usual ones. It starts with the condition of the fishes themselves. Many of these vanishers are species of fishes that are likely recklessly caught, poorly handled, and fed along the chain of custody from river or hatchery to store. You know, like Otocinculus, which is the poster child for mysterious disappearances, or tiny tetras of various species. And they're often in such weakened condition upon arrival at the local fish store or the vendor that they're barely viable by the time the hapless hobbyist gets them. And of course, no one ever seems to quarantine anything these days, right? I've even gotten lazy about this on occasion over the years. I'm not proud of that, but I admit I've taken those shortcuts before and generally have gotten burned. (laughs) So when you add these stressed out fishes to your tank, they never quite have the chance to fatten up or simply to recover from the rigors of the journey before being placed in an immunity tank with all sorts of you know, competitors, dangers, and challenges. And could these be carrying some sort of illness without overt symptoms? Probably, right? If you don't keep them in quarantine, you won't really have a chance to observe them over time to intervene easily. It's one of my many cases, by the way, for quarantine. Now, many of these fish which vanish mysteriously are not species that are strong swimmers or aggressive feeders to begin with. Again, Otocinculus or, you know, the pygmy quarries come to mind. Or on an individual basis, they could be weaklings of a more vigorous species. It's literally sink or swim for many of these poor animals. Sure, some make it, you know, seemingly good recoveries and settle in for just a bit. Yeah, maybe for a while. Problem is, as mentioned above, many of these fishes are so weak, perhaps, you know, as in the case of wild or newly imported Corydoras, Kerasins, and Apistos, they're perhaps dealing with intestinal parasites or internal parasites or even the after effects of the collection and shipping process so much so that there's a little more they can do other than rally for a while before you know taking their cue and exiting it's sad perhaps even a bit predictable yet still rather mysterious sort of now many fishes are handled well along the chain of custody from stream to store to you and they eat at the local fish stores and perhaps even in your tank and shit you might even quarantine them yet when they're finally released in your tank they take their curtain call anyways some weeks after introduction peace out Sure, some fishes simply die of natural causes. I mean, do you really know how old that one cardinal tetra was? Some fishes do have short lifespans. Even the aforementioned cardinal tetra is thought often to be almost an annual species in nature because of their environment. Could millions of generations of genetic programming simply be too strong to overcome even in an artificially stable environment? You might have just gotten a few that were on schedule to pass on. They're just old, maybe. Well, this is certainly true for the annual killifishes like Nothobranchius. Even the best care humanly possible isn't going to yield a four-year-old Notho. Nope. Yet killies aren't 
usually among the fishes which mysteriously check out. We know what we're getting into with these guys. And sure, a lot of fishes could simply have some diseases that are just not easily detectable. Some diseases don't have visible external symptoms, and stress, the silent killer, affects fishes too. And internal parasites, as mentioned above, are unseen, and they could attack fishes over time, including those that seem to be well-adjusted and actually eating. Here today, gone tomorrow. Yet they were here, and apparently eating, swimming, and interacting yesterday. And they still take the stairway to heaven, as one of my fish geek friends calls it, and they bail quickly, or sooner rather than later at least. Why? Who knows? And our dark water and earthy substrates only add to that aura of mystery that surrounds this phenomenon, right? There's no denying it, we've all experienced this phenomenon at one time or another. And with each mysterious disappearance, the mind wanders. Strange thoughts pervade, or even overtaking logic. You know, was it something we did? Was it some nefarious thing done at the wholesaler? Was it some plot by the local fish store to keep us coming back for more fishes? Did it have something to do with that unmarked black Ford with no license plates and the two odd-looking guys in the dark gray bands in it parked across the street from my house yesterday? Okay, that's a bit odd. Yet it just gets more weird from there, right? All these fishes, gone. Just gone. Damn. (laughs) Yet each year, countless thousands of these types of fishes are sold. And the ones mentioned here are just some of the more common ones. There are literally thousands and thousands of fishes of different species that could easily fall into this unenviable classification. Fishes prone to vanishing mysteriously. So it's not that unusual. But it sucks. Okay, this is getting just a little bit depressing at this point. (laughs) But it's something to think about. And to accept, I suppose, to a certain extent. At least, if we're not going to drive ourselves crazy looking up, you know, cooking up exotic theories and conspiracies to explain their disappearance, that is. I mean, we certainly don't want to look at fishes as expendable in any way. However, we may simply need to come to the realization that, despite our best efforts, about all we can do is to select good quality fishes, quarantine and acclimate them carefully, provide the best food and environment possible. You know, the usual stuff. And accept that grim fact that some fishes are just, I don't know, preordained to simply disappear, susceptible to something. This is not a very conclusive treatise on on this subject, I, I get it. Yeah, it's hardly satisfying. I got got nothing for you here. (laughs) However, it's a strange reality that anyone who's been in the hobby long enough comes to learn, and perhaps to ponder about. I wish I had an explanation. I really do. I wish I knew of a surefire workaround for this, a fix, or at least I wish I had a good understanding, or a real explanation for this thing. Maybe our old friend Shakespeare offers some closure for us with his famous passage. There are more things in heaven and earth, Horatio, than are dreamt of in your philosophy. Hamlet, Act 1, Scene 5. Damn, that guy had a way with words, huh? Suffice it to say, as Mr. Shakespeare so eloquently alluded to, there are a lot of things in nature, variables and such, which we simply cannot counter. We cannot even comprehend them. We cannot find definitive answers for them. About all we can do is to keep going and doing the best job that we can to provide a good, stable environment for our captive fishes. Create and obey best practices. Be open to correcting things. Observe, learn, and wonder. And perhaps occasionally speculate what happens when a fish disappears. I mean, we all love a good mystery from time to time, right? Maybe? Well, okay, don't answer that. (laughs) But in the meantime, stay observant, stay positive, stay curious, stay focused, stay undaunted, and stay wet. Till next time, this is Scott from Tannin Aquatics. Thanks very much for stopping by and spending part of your day with me, and I look forward to seeing you on the next installment of The Tint.